We're so glad you've joined us. Right now, it's Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. Yeah, man, Mark Hall of Casting Crowns is with me, you, and Shauna. Mark is the lead vocalist and principal songwriter for the Grammy and Dove Award winning band Casting Crowns with songs like Who Am I, Voice of Truth, and Praise You in the Storm. Mark and Casting Crowns have reached millions with music that keeps on helping us feel and know the heart of Jesus. Beyond Casting Crowns, Mark's also an author, a youth pastor, and worship leader at Eagles Landing First Baptist Church in Atlanta, where he got his start. Mark, tell us about the creation of Casting Crowns. The only reason we were a band was because uh, we were the youth group band at our church, and I was writing songs for the students in my head, trying to get them into scripture because mm-hmm. Christian music is what got me into scripture. Being dyslexic and ADD, I didn't read scripture very much uh, on my own, so it was whatever they would talk about on Sunday was kind of all I would get. And I felt like everybody at church, none of them really had any problems. And I didn't know for years that they were just lying. <laughs> I thought <laughs> I thought maybe I was the only messed up guy in the church. So I, I just kind of hid in the back. And it was really songs where Christian artists were just kind of pouring out their hearts and being honest and saying, I'm scared, mm-hmm. but God's meeting me here. Or I, I'm dealing with unforgiveness, but God's meeting me here. And, and those songs got me wanting to know where did they get that from? Mm-hmm. Where did that scripture come from? And then when I started being a youth pastor, I wasn't really good at teaching, you know, I was, I was in over my head in so many ways. So I would pick my favorite Christian songs and sing them to them and just teach them the verses where they came from. And it would be mm-hmm. a Stephen Curtis Chapman song. Uh, His strength is perfect when my strength is gone. And then I'd go to second Corinthians 12 and, and I'd show them the verse and, and slowly, but surely I, I started kind of making up my own songs and I would have never thought of them being on the radio, but I, I loved my kids and my youth group enough that I would just put them out there and, and sing them to my students. And uh, and that's where this all started. Families in the church would come to us and say, you need to record these songs, you know? Mm-hmm. And until finally, it was families in the church that put money together and sent us to a studio so we could make a record for our youth group. Wow. So, so the kids could give their CDs to their friends. And that's where this all happened. You know, a, a college kid named Chase goes off to school and meets Mark Miller of Sawyer Brown a country band and, and says, you need to hear my youth pastor because they're awesome. And you know the story from there. Mark Miller went on vacation with Stephen Curtis Chapman. They call me from the beach and say, hey, we think your songs need to be heard. And I remember one of the first things I said to him was, can I stay a youth pastor and do this? Because mm. if I can stay, if I can stay a youth pastor, I'll do it. And I don't think that's a noble thing. I don't think that's something that that every artist needs to do. But I do know that if I would not have stayed in the church, I would not have written the songs. Mm-hmm. But I'm dealing and loving families through yeah. hard times, week in, week out. And that's where the songs happened. So the reason you would get home on Sunday was so that you had something to give through casting crowns. Yeah, we would lead worship every week um, on Sunday. I still do. So I'd be in the office Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, do youth group on Wednesday night, head out on the bus. Wow. Uh, about midnight and then roll in Sunday morning right before sound check uh, for <laughs> church the next day. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's beautiful. Mark, I know that when you were 19 years old, you were in your friend's car 
he was in the store, there was a gun in the car, and you thought seriously about taking your life. What led up to that moment, and then what caused it to change after that? Well, I sort of just followed the kids that were older than me, and, and I followed what the music I was listening to at the time taught me as well, and movies and everything else. That is, there's a person out there uh, that is supposed to complete you. I just sort of followed the culture, the students in my church, the older kids, the music, the movies, and that is, there's a person out there that's going to complete you. And, uh, and I fell for it. And I just, I put everything I had into a girl mm-hmm. and I learned a really hard lesson. When you, you build your life around a person and the person leaves, you don't have a life anymore. And none of the movies taught me that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, so, so I was left pretty empty there. Like everything I had was gone. And I remember, you know, shaking my fist in the car at God telling him he needed to fix this, you know, because she was the one. And that's her, that's where it went really dark. And, and it was actually in one of those nights that I was kind of deciding what I was going to do about it, that I saw my Bible up on the shelf in my room and I'm listening to all my depressing rock music that I would always listen to. And uh, this, this secular station, every once in a while I would play this Bible program, uh, of these two preachers, really nerdy guys, little guy, they talked like this mm-hmm. and everything they said was bless the Lord, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and, uh, but people would call in and tell them life situations and they would show them verses that go with that. And I never really made the connection that church connected to life oh, before. Come on. Yeah. And it was really in one of those nights that I thought, okay, I know what school thought about me. I know what everybody else thinks. I need to know what Jesus thinks about me. And I opened my Bible and started reading and uh, best I could. And that's when Jesus met me in my room. And it, you've written so many songs, songs that have carried us through seasons. You know, they, I know they were written for for folks that you were dealing with in, in your church setting and that sort of thing. But I'm just curious if there's, if there's a song that you just kind of hold tight to your vest because of the truth that you needed to find that the circumstances of your life caused you to seek out that truth. And then God gave you a melody to put with it. So you could share it with the world. Oh yeah. Even though a a moment in a church family's life or something in someone else's life inspires the song, the only reason we can write it is because we've lived it, you know? And, And I think that's sort of the big lie that I was trying to, exposed to people is like, no, you're not the only one that's felt this. Yeah. You're not the only one that's gone through this. This is happening everywhere and we need to talk about it more. So some of the songs for me that really stick out as, as moments for me, one would be just be held because I wrote that song two years before cancer happened to me. And I remember we had to do about three concerts before I could have my cancer surgery. So the crowds didn't know, no one knew mm. yet because I hadn't told anybody. And I'm up there singing my own songs to myself. I was like, praise the storm, voice of truth. What's yeah. your problem? Stop being worried. You know? <laughs> I was like, give me a break. I'll need a break for my own songs. And one of the things I was really struggling with was I didn't want to tell my kids. I didn't want to tell my church. I didn't want to tell anybody because I didn't want to be scared. And the very first line of just be held came out of my mouth. Hold it all together. Everybody needs you strong. Wow. Then life hits you out of nowhere and barely leaves you holding on. When you're tired of fighting and you're chained by your control, there's freedom and surrender. 
just lay it down and let it go. And I realized God let me write that song two years ago and sing it to myself for two years because he knew that uh, I am a little slow. <laughs> and he knew that I needed that message and I was going to need it in the future. So that's one that, that that's probably hit me harder than any other. Early on in your life, you got the message that you're not quite enough for what everybody else is. You're not enough. How did you get that message? And how did that lie wreck you? And then how did you break out of that? Well, for me, I lived in my feelings. And I think that's where a lot of us live these days. And what I started doing is I was looking around for answers instead of looking up. I wasn't looking into the mirror of God's word. I was just looking in the mirror. And nothing's enough. Nothing out here is enough. There's nothing in me that's enough to keep you going. You you can fake it till you make it, and you can try all you can. But it was finally getting into God's word for myself. And I remember reading the book of John and just seeing that God filled up the Bible with people way worse than us. <laughs> like, way worse than us. And none of them freaked him out. Nobody was too much for Jesus. Nobody was not quite enough for Jesus. He just loved you right where you were. And he didn't let you stay there. You had to come with him, but he always loved people where they were. And that spoke to me. I started seeing from scripture that Jesus doesn't love me because I'm good. He doesn't love me because of something I can do for him. Jesus loves me because he's good. Yeah. And it's one thing to hear somebody sing about it. It's one thing to hear somebody preach about it, but it's just a different thing when it's you and Jesus in your room and you're seeing it for yourself in scripture. So when I write songs, they're arrows. They're just trying to point people to scripture. I want you to get into the word for yourself and see that God is everything that he ever said he was. Yeah. Trust the word, not our feelings. Yeah. Your yeah. feelings are valid, but that doesn't make them true. That first song of yours that just exploded on the scene, If We Are the Body. It's really, yeah. it's it's been the heartbeat of you guys to speak the truth in love. And that song just really talks about speaking the truth in love. So talk about that song and the whole idea of speaking the truth in love. Well, I wrote the song to my youth group because it happened. A girl came into mm -hmm. our church and she was kind of known for her mistakes because it was a small town and she did not last long with our church. Best way I can say it is on her way to Jesus, she tripped over us. Uh -huh. I don't think many people have problems with Jesus. It's it's Jesus' people. And uh, we're, we tend to get mad at the world for being lost. And uh, one of the scriptures I always had to take them to was our struggles not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is against the powers of darkness that fool people into the things that they do. We got to love people where they are and let God change them. Right. And that's what that song has always been about. And um, every record that we do as crowns, you're going to hear the truth and love, the tension between those two, because love earns the right for you to speak the truth and truth. Mm -hmm. When you tell somebody the truth, that proves that you really love them. There's got to be both. And what we saw happen in 2020 is everybody locked themselves in their house, found their favorite news that agreed with them. And then we loaded up with Bible verses and we started just 
hurling them at the world and instead of loving the people enough to love them with truth and love them with our scars and our and our brokenness i think for us like even with the song if we were the body it would have been easy to go hey church people y'all are doing such a bad job you guys need to step this up but i think because we're in the church every week we know that's dumb you don't talk to people like that if you if you want to do something mm-hmm. you 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 love people where they are and you show them what you're doing wrong yeah so that's where we started because that's how I would start with my church. If, if you're singing to strangers, man, you'll just start throwing rocks. But if you're singing to people you love and you want them to get it, uh, you, you start with love first, you show your scars first, and then you say, hey, if we're the body, why are we not doing this better? Mm-hmm. I don't think it was a thing of wisdom of me writing it that way. It's just because I was writing it to real people. Yeah. you know. And when you're writing to real people, You pay attention to your words. Thanks for listening to Perry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.